Let me get my notes up. Remind myself to say good morning. How are you guys doing? Are you guys doing all right? Good. I'm glad to be here. You know, it is it is very cool to have my sister here who uh, drove up from Atlanta to uh, see the spectacle that has been preaching. Um, uh, Zach and Rachel, if you guys have not met Zach and Rachel right here, they are some of my best friends. They are so great. And uh, I'm so glad that they are here. And they're probably really embarrassed. So don't be. Most of them can only see the back of your head. You're like, I hope I did my hair well. (laughs) So uh, other than that, happy Valentine's Day. Woo! Yeah! You guys feeling in love? Feeling really lonely, maybe? No? (laughs) No Singles Awareness Day, right? That's that's what I've heard it's called. No, it's not that. It's not that. I gotta sh- I gotta give a shout out to my my girl Sarah. Yeah. Oh girl. I love you, baby. You're all mine. Make my rough edges smooth. Woo! Love it. I love it. I love it. This is uh as you can tell I don't preach very often. So I'm taking full advantage of every opportunity and the bible tells me to do that take advantage of every opportunity here we are and (laughs) maybe out of (laughs) out of context there but uh, my name's my name's ben galbraith if you don't know me it's very cool to see a lot of unfamiliar faces uh we're family here and this is family time we're going to come together now and um i'm going to share some things that i've been thinking about and hopefully these things will point you to Jesus. And that's all I can, that's all I can do is say, there's Jesus. The rest is on you guys. Amen. All right. And this is a, a time hopefully where you're not zoning out or thinking, yeah, I've got it on straight or I know how this goes. I, 30, 40 minutes, you know, I'm going to sit here and be quiet with my hands full in my lap. I don't want you guys to be like that this morning. I want you guys to focus in because we are talking about the words of life. All right. The words from this Bible right here only bring good things if you put them into practice. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for this opportunity to be here as your family. Father, you are so big and so mighty. You say the word and fire comes out of nothing. Father, you have led your people in a pillar of clouds. You've parted oceans, Father. You've changed people's hearts. You've risen the dead. Father, we come to you this morning because you have conquered the world and you are the most powerful thing in existence. Nothing is stronger. There is no other God. And I am happy to be your servant. Father, I rejoice in the time that I get to be your servant. Father, I pray that this morning that you would help me to speak your word clearly. Father, I pray that you would give me confidence. God, uh, not my own, but your confidence. Father, and uh, I pray that you would be with the people here, that you would open their minds and their hearts to your word. Father, I pray that we would not only hear your word, but that we would put it into practice. Father, we come to you humbly this morning and grateful for Jesus. 
the author and perfecter of our faith, the man that came from heaven and lived a life just like ours and did it perfectly, did it flawlessly. We are grateful for that example. I pray for this time. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to do things a little untraditional here, okay? I'm not a preacher, so I can do that, I suppose. (laughs) If you're taking notes, I'm going to make it real simple for you. This is what I want you to leave with today. To look forward. I want us to look forward into the future. I want us to be tough and endure life's challenges. I want us to take courage from knowing God is greater than anything. He's greater. I want us to, to take with us that love can guide us. And that we all need to have hope for the victory. And you may be asking yourself, well, Ben, how do you do that? We all like practicals, right? That's in sermons. You wait till the end. You're like, please give me some practicals on how to apply what we just learned. Let me tell you those, too. I'm giving it to you up front so you know. You don't have to wait for it. Love God and obey him. Boom. Really simple. Read your Bible and pray. Boom. Probably couldn't have thought that up yourself. All right. Love the people around you. That's it. You want, to get, you want to get practical with this? Do those three things, yeah. and, and the Bible will, will become real to you. Amen. This stuff will change your life if you do those three things. Amen. And um, really, when we think about navigating our lives and looking forward and, and where we're going to go, you know, those three things are life-changing. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they're probably the least done things you know in christian in christianity is are those three things but those are the practicals the rest of the stuff i'm going to talk about i'm going to share with you some things that i'm learning and that some things that i've been reading about um but that's what i want you to take away with this so guys we just finished the fast how'd that go for you was it good was it uh bad (laughs) was it uh was it kind of rough because there's got to be somebody in here who was like, this is the worst time I've ever had, you know? My boy, thank you. One person's being honest in here. You might have come away from this just feeling blah, like, ugh, I don't feel anything. I don't feel this big romantic feeling at the end. I don't feel super moved or inspired. All those things are okay, you know, because it's behind us. Now it's time to look forward. We've got the rest of the year. We're middle of February, we still have this whole year. What are you going to do with it? Where are you going to go? What things are you going to learn? What, uh, what people are you guys going to be? You know, those are things to think about as we're going forward. And it's interesting when we think about life, uh, there's two things I think that we can sometimes think about life. I want it to be easy. I can't wait till I can retire. I can't wait till my life is just simple. All right. That's typically not going to be the case. All right. And we want uh, we want an adventure. Right. All of us in here would say, man, I want my life to be an adventure. I want to do something. I want to go and and conquer some beast or something like that. Reese, some of the things that you the books that you love. Right. They have. They're adventure books, right? Kind of. Yeah, what happens? Fanfic books? All right, so for the hero, is it always easy for them? Do they have to go through hard things to 
to make it to the end? Kind of. Yes. Yes, they do. All right. In adventures, there are peril. You know, there are hard things that come. If you want to get the girl, you got to slay the dragon. You know, all this stuff. <laughs> you know, hard things are going to happen in this life, and they should be expected. They should be expected. Here's what we can expect this year. Death, illness, friends leaving the church, family troubles, money troubles, loss of jobs, any kind of change. Those are to be expected because it's life. You know, everybody's going to die at some point. It may not be this year. It may be down the road. You may not get sick this year, but somebody's sick. Somebody's going through money things. You know, but that doesn't mean that good things aren't going to happen. But the hard things are what surprises us, right? When hard stuff comes, you're like, whoa, where'd that come from? Why is that happening to me? You know, we're not surprised when easy things happen. We're like, yes, that's supposed to happen. I earned that. I did that. You know, doomsday preppers don't prep for the easy things. They're not building a bunker for birthdays, you know? It's crazy. It's like, I've got birthday candles and cakes for years. We're going to be safe down here. Every birthday's covered. No, it's not like that. We have to prepare and mentally think about the hard things coming in life. But that's not always easy. It's not easy to do that. But here's what God commands us to do. He commands us to endure. We don't think about that very often. We don't think that, man, God wants me to muscle through this. He wants me to stand my ground. Let's think about the whole of the Bible. He calls us to stand firm. He calls us to persevere, be unfaltering, unwavering, not easily shaken, filled with confidence, filled with conviction, courageous, fearless, like we talked about in communion. Those are the things that God calls us to be, right? But those can some kind of, those can be the scary things. Those are really scary. Um, What do you guys know about rites of passage? What does that mean? Somebody throw that out there. What is is a rite of passage? And I'm not talking about maritime law, a rite of passage when (laughs) one country says your ship can come in to their, you know, yeah. Puberty. We all go through it, right? Man, Royce. Education. Education. We all go through school. These are rites of passage, stuff we all have to do to move up to the next level. You know, for me, a personal one is um, a time for me when I, I feel like I became a man. All right. Is when my grandfather died. Uh, I was right out of high school. I was probably about 18, 19 years old. We're over at my aunt's house because uh, my grandfather had stage four lung cancer. Uh, He was staying at my aunt's house and uh, we were waiting for the people to come pick up his body when he passed. So uh, they came and they couldn't fit the gurney into the house. So we had to carry my grandfather's body out of the house and down to the to the gurney. So there's some there's some grown men there. And my dad, he, he turned to me and he said, Ben, I need your help to carry my grandfather. And, you know, that right there was, you know, you think about it and you're like, wow, that's kind of gruesome. That's kind of, 
But what I, when he asked me that, what I heard and what I saw is I saw there were a ton of other men there, grown men, that my dad could have asked for him to help. But he asked me. I'm just like an 18, 19-year-old, you know. And I was like, man, this is, I've got to rise to the occasion here. You know, this is scary. This is difficult, but I've got to, I've got to step up and do it. And I feel like that moment in my life is when my dad saw me as a man. You know, when I saw myself as a man and that it's kind of scary, but we all go through these rites of passage. Let's turn to Romans five. And um, this is a very cool scripture. I know we have all read this before, um, but uh, I want us to think about it a little differently. It says, In verse one, therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions. That's weird. We rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. And endurance produces proven character. And proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So think about this. Endurance produces something in us. We all have hard things in our life. And if we endure through those hard things, it produces something. It changes us. Affliction and hard things in life are a rite of passage, something we all must go through. And what's cool is what it produces is a proven character. Going through hard things and enduring proves us. It's saying, God, look, I can do it. I've done it. I've been through it. Look, I'm ready. And that's that's how God grades us. Is he sees, have they endured? You know, you look in Revelations, half of the things that they tell those churches in the first few chapters is endure. I'm going to bless you because you did endure. You're going to win the prize if you just endure. And that's where the hope comes in. It's because when we understand what hard things bring and what's going on, we understand what it, what it produces and then what it gives us at the end. Amen. That's why we can rejoice in affliction. Amen. It's not because, oh, yeah, another hard day, another, you know, uh, another battle with my sinful nature, <laughs> you know. No, we get to be rejoice in that because it produces a proven character. And that's what's going to get us to heaven. You know, and I'm excited about going to heaven. Are you guys excited about that? I don't think about that enough. We got to think about that end, you know, the end goal, because if we're not thinking about that, we're just kind of spinning our tires. We're just spinning our tires. So having that understanding that we've got to go through hard things and that what it produces at the end, we, it kind of gives us a little bit of vision, you know, in this looking forward and where am I going? And what's cool is we have a map. We've got the best map. And who you guys think, I think you know what I'm talking about. We have the Bible. We can, we can look at that map. But what's interesting is 
You can have the best map in the whole world, but if you don't know where you are, that map is useless. All right? That's why in the mall, when you're looking for the food court, you walk up to the big kiosk and it says, you are here. Because once you know where you're at, you can follow the wherever you need to go to get to where you want to go. You know, and, it, and it's very interesting that sometimes that can be the hardest thing is figuring out where we're at. Amen. And you know why it's tough is because it takes us looking at ourselves soberly. You know, that's one of the hardest things to do is look at ourselves in sober judgment. We have all these misconceptions about whether we're so great or oh, I'm not good enough. And, uh, you know, it, it, it makes me think of drinking and driving. You know, why is that bad? Because someone could get hurt. Being drunk, you're out of your mind, essentially. You know, you're not thinking clearly. When we think soberly, we're able to process, look around our surroundings, understand where we're at, and make a judgment call. You know, and that's the way that we should look at our lives. And that doesn't mean, whoa, woe is me. I'll never be good enough. Because that's always going to be the case. We'll never be good enough. You know, but... But really, we need to look at ourselves with sober judgment. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly. This is me. This is where I'm at. Let's go from here. And that is the best starting place that we have, is looking looking at ourselves in sober judgment. So I don't want us to be deceived about those things. And um, let's turn to 1 John 4. You see what I did there? I, I said deceived, and that's kind of our... That's what we've been talking about. You know, I slid that in there. You guys didn't even notice it. You didn't even know. Or, did, or maybe you did. So uh, we're going to turn to 1 John 4. And, uh, and I want us to, it's so funny, all week I've been thinking, deception. You know, it's kind of like a, you know, ooh, deception. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, whatever. Just think about it. Deception. So, this right here, first, you know, first John four, we're going through first John, and this is going to be where I get a lot of the meat from for what we're going to talk about. Um, but I feel like the scripture we're about to to read needs some backstory. You know, we we've heard that there were some false prophets going on. They're saying some things and John is like, we've got to get these guys out of here. We've got to get these um, these people out of here because they're disciples, but they're preaching stuff that's not godly. Um, I'm gonna pause right here and grab my smart water because it's what makes me smart. <laughs> yeah, there is good call. So, so John's battling these guys and trying to encourage the church to. To, to go back to their roots and get, uh, get back to the basics. And so let's start here in verse one. It says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to determine if they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the spirit of God. Every spirit who confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit who does not confess Jesus uh, is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. You have heard that he is coming and he is already in the world now. 
And I just want us to stop there for a second. It's very easy to hear when I'm thinking about testing spirits and then you throw the Antichrist in there and all this stuff to start thinking about like the Catholic Church and like exorcisms and how like the Antichrist is going to come back through a virgin and all this stuff. Every scary movie you've ever seen, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Well, let me clear some things up for you, okay? Uh, first off, the Antichrist. Anything that is in opposition to the Messiah, anything that is against the Christ is Antichrist. Yeah, amen. You see it? Break down the word, Antichrist. <laughs> Boom! It's that easy. It's not some scary word, okay? Now, Satan is the Antichrist. He is Antichrist, right? But people can be the Antichrist because they are Antichrist. It's not as scary as it might sound, and it's not as, like, magical and, like, whatever. All right? So we know what that is. The other thing that's interesting here is this is kind of weird. It's like every spirit who confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit who does not confess Jesus is not from God. So you're like, okay, that, why are you saying all that stuff? That's a little, like, okay, he did come or whatever. That's a little weird. There were actually disciples saying that Jesus did not come in the flesh. And he is specifically addressing that one situation with this. All right. So that is important to understand when we're reading this, that, that he is addressing a specific situation here. He is speaking to the church and addressing that situation. So let's read on. It says, you are from God, little children, and you have conquered them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, what they say is from the world and the world listens to them. We are from God. Anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. From this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. <laughs> All right. So this is kind of weird, too, because it says, uh, they are from the world. We are from God. Anyone who knows God listens to us. So that does not mean that you're like, oh, you didn't listen to me, so you're not from God, you know? That's not what's going on here. He is validating himself as an apostle. He is saying, if you do not listen to the apostles, there's no way you can be from God. We were with him. We saw him. We touched him, you know? If you don't believe us, if you don't listen to us, then there's no way you're from God. This is not like some weird thing where like, you need to listen to me. That's not a scripture you pull out when you're like trying to like <laughs> get, yeah, win your point. You're not listening to me, so you're from, not from God. All right, we got that stuff out of the way. Here's what I want us to focus on for a second. That from this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. In this life, we just talked about all these hard things going on. But in this life, there are two things that sway us, two spirits in this world that sway us. Amen. The spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. Yeah. Good and evil. The spirit of God, the spirit of this world. We can go down the list. Sarah shared this scripture, this scripture with me today in revelations where was that Rev 12 where it said satan what what did it say sarah satan is 
He is the deceiver of the whole world. That's his name. You know, he is everything from this world, um, in this world, the flesh, all that stuff. It's called a lot of different things in the Bible. But we need to know that this, there's a spirit of God and the spirit of this world, the spirit of deception. And they are waging war on us. It is a battle. There's conflict. You know, and we're trying to navigate this life. We're trying to figure out here I am. But every single day we're getting pulled in one of two directions. Amen. You know, and it's tough. It's tough to figure out every day, which one am I going to follow? Which, what decision am I going to make? Because it's kind of like this ping pong thing where you're like, you know, where you're like, oh, no, I'm falling wrong. Got to get over here. And, you know, it's just this back and forth. Yeah. And, um, and really that is... That is so difficult. But that right there is why he says to test every spirit. Amen. And we in this room are mostly students. What does it mean to test something? You're tested all the time. What does it mean? Throw it out there, somebody, quickly. <laughs> if you don't know now, then you're probably not passing any of your tests. And you're like, what is this thing? <laughs> it's to... <laughs> It's to make a critical examination of something. You're being examined critically on what you know or don't know. There it is. That's a test, you know. So in this life, we test things. We test the spirits. And that's what's talking. We're testing the spirit of God and we're testing the spirit of deception. What does this look like today? Am I going to go left or am I going to go right? Am I going to go down this path or this path? And really, that's what it's talking about with testing the spirits is examine what it's saying be a berean go back see if it's true that kind of stuff and that can feel heavy because that's what it's all about is every day us making those little decisions every day to that defines our life that's who we become is these little decisions am i going to get up and read my bible today or am i going to sleep in Am I going to spend the evening with my family or am I going to watch TV or whatever it is, whatever that is for you, the decisions that you make end up defining you. And that is weighty. That brings, you know, that that's heavy stuff. But this is awesome. If you decide to follow God, listen to this, listen to this. It says, it says, you are from God, little children, and you have conquered them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Amen. Boom. Do you guys believe that? I know I don't live like I believe that all the time. I make a lot of decisions and I don't believe that God is greater than what's right in my face. But we can take courage in that. When we understand that, then we can start rejoicing in some of that affliction and rejoicing in some of these hard times because we know that God is in control. We can be confident in that. We can be confident in that. You know, so we're trying to navigate. We're trying to to direct ourselves. And it's really interesting after, after John speaks about this stuff, he goes straight into talking about love. Isn't that interesting that he's talking about the Antichrist and about, you know, like the spirit of truth and deception, these like heavy sounding things right into love. It's kind of interesting. And it's also interesting that I'm talking a lot about love uh, on Valentine's. There you go. 
But here's the thing. This might sound really cheesy, but love can guide us. Love is like a tool that we can use to guide us. And I don't know if you've ever thought about love that way, but it's the case. Love isn't just this like happy, emotional feeling that we feel on Valentine's Day. It is, it is something that we're called to do, but we can use it to guide us and to, to make judgment calls in our lives. Let's read uh, down in seven, uh, verse seven. It says, dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us and his love is perfected in us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us assurance to us from this spirit. And we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son as the world's Savior. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And the one who remains in love remains in God. And God remains in him. In this Love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. For we are as he is in the world. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfected love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For the person who does not love his brother, he has seen, cannot love God, he has not seen. And, he, and we have this command from him, the one who loves God must also love his brother. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah has been born of God. And everyone, and everyone who loves the Father and also loves the one born of him. This is how we know that we love God's children, when we love God and obey his commands. For this is what love for God is, to keep his commands. Now, this com now his commands are not a burden, because whatever has been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. And who is the one who conquers the world, but the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God? Amen. Now, that's a long scripture. But it's interesting to think that love connects us to God. There are connections that we get to make through God, you know, and he connects us through his love and our love to other people. It's very interesting how he does that. But it's cool because we can use 
love as a compass. You know, there's so many things. This is how we know that we remain in him. You know, we read John 15 and spent a lot of time in that during our fast. And what was the point of that whole scripture? Remain in me. Amen. You know, that was like, if you want to sum it up, remain in me. That's what God is calling us to do. And sometimes in my life, I can say, am I remaining in him? How do I gauge that? What does that look like? And he's saying that we can be assured that if we love other people, we are remaining in his love. Amen. It's that simple. That's like, it's a barometer. We can use that and say, let me think about it. Am I in God? Have I loved his people? Have I loved the people around me? Yes or no? Right. Yes. Sweet. I'm remaining in him. No, I better start loving some people because that means I'm disconnecting myself from God. Yeah. There are connections there. You know, it talks about us being his sons. You know, you were born of God if you, <laughs> if you love me. Yeah. You know, and one of the cool things I found in Romans 8, take this and read this sometime. Chapter, 1 John chapter 4 and the chapter in Romans 8, those things mirror each other. They say the same thing just in different ways. And one of the things that's cool is it talks about God's love for us and how it adopted us you know, into his family. And that is a cool thought that his love brings us into the family. Amen. And, and what's interesting, this is all about his love. This isn't about us and the things that we can do. Even though it's calling us to love people, it's not about us. This is all pointing back to God. When we love people, it's Jesus loving people through us. You know, it's not us just doing stuff. You know, and, and that's even going down, I think, in verse 17, uh, Juliana shared about this. And I think she talked about it perfectly. This is not about us being loving people perfectly. This is not about us being perfect. And then, you know, if I love David perfect, then I won't be afraid of anything. You know, there will be no fear in my life. No, what this is talking about is Jesus loved us so much. God loved us so much that he came to earth and died for us. And that should drive out fear. That should put a peace in us that we don't understand. And that's perfected. That what happens is that that becomes perfect. All the fear is gone when we decide from that example that we're going to love other people. When we, we feel that love and we're like, all right, it's time to, to put it on somebody else. Amen. Pay it forward. Amen. Come on, but it's cool that, that this love makes us a part of God's family. And that's another way that as we're guiding through, it's like we're using this love to kind of help us navigate. We can use it and say, where am I? Okay, am I loving people? Cool. I'm going to keep moving forward in that direction. Amen. You know, um, please go read Romans 8 this week. Take a quiet time. Read 1 John 4, and then read first, uh, Romans 8. It's very cool. But here we are. We're at the end. We have to be shooting for something. We are all wanting the victory. We all want to end up in heaven. Am I right? Amen. What's the point of doing this, living this life, if we don't get to be with God in heaven? You know, it's pointless. It really is pointless. If I spend my whole life trying to be a good guy and all this stuff and trying to love people. If at the end, I don't get to see God, I don't get to be with him. I don't, you know, it right. might as well do whatever you want to do, but we have this hope. 
Let's read here at the end. First John 5, verse 4. It says, um, Now His commands are not a burden. Amen to that. Amen. You know, the things, a lot, there's going to be a lot of hard things in our life, like I talked about earlier, but His commands are not one of them. You know, and also I just want to make this clear, too, about hard things is that getting up early to go to class, that's not a that's not a hardship. Uh Getting up early, getting up early to read your Bible, that's not a hardship. That's more related to laziness. You know, uh, not wanting to clean your house or your room. That's not that's not a cleaning your house is not a hardship. All right, that right there is laziness. So I don't want us to get confused and be like, oh, it's a hardship. I got to go to class today, you know? No, that is, I think, don't be deceived by, by that. But it says, because whatever has been born of God conquers the world. That's what we want, right? We want to conquer our sinful nature. We want to conquer the desires of the flesh, conquer the things of this world. You know, that's what we're aiming for. And it says, this is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. Do y'all have faith? Faith that what he's saying here, the spirit of truth is actually truth. Do you believe that? Our faith, the things that we decide to believe, that's what's going to get us to heaven. Our faith, that's what's going to help us endure the hardships. Our faith, that's what's going to help us love people. That's what's going to pull us through is when we have faith that Jesus, he came to earth and he conquered the world. Amen. You know, that stuff is huge. That is so huge. You know, I, you know, it's really cool. I want to share this story. I love Sarah so much and she really challenges me a lot. And we've been training for a half marathon and it is tough. My body, like in more ways than you guys know. <laughs> It is beating my body up. So you guys will ask me about that later. I might tell you. Um, But, uh, you know, I was going for a run with Sarah, and we were doing about eight miles, seven or eight miles. We're running the dikes. We're going through campus. And I was just not feeling it that day. If you guys are athletes or runners, you have those days where you're doing the distance, but you're just, like, not feeling it. And We've got two miles left of this run, and I turn to Sarah. We're running. I'm like, Sarah, I am not feeling it. I am not feeling good right now. And Sarah, man, I love Sarah. She she looks at me and she says, she says, the hard part's over. We got to look forward. We got two miles left. Think about what you got to do to get to the end. Don't worry about <laughs> being tired right now. We're almost there. And I was like, whoa, 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 my wife just schooled me. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the tough one. She's like, man, up. We're almost there. Keep running. Endure. And that's what I want you guys to leave with. Endure. We're almost there. There's no point in quitting now. Let's go. You know, it reminds me of Philippians 3. We all know this one. It says, one thing, Paul said, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, we got to forget, 
you know, we may, that fast may have been terrible for us. You know, last year may have stunk, but this year doesn't have to stink. Whatever comes, the hard things, they may surprise us. They shouldn't, but they may surprise us Amen. if we endure Amen. and look forward. We're going to move through that stuff. And I want to I close out with this. In Luke 21, Amen. man, this, is, this right here gets me fired up. So in Luke 2, 19, you don't need to turn there. Let me just tell you what's going on. So the, Jesus is telling his disciples about the things to come. And they're scary things and hard things. And he's talking about persecution. And he's talking about going and standing in front of people and having to give their testimony. And, you know, do you love God? And calling it out. You know, he's talking about the end of days, all these different things. But what's awesome is right there at the very end, the last sentence, he says, stand firm and you will win life. Amen. Woo! Stand firm and you will win life. And guys, that's what God's calling us to do is when we go out from here today, it's easy to be a Christian in here. It's easy to do these things in here. But when we leave and and life starts pressing down on it like it normally does, remember this. If we stand firm, we will win life. Amen. Amen. Amen.